We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. He throws back shoulder, Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch out of bounds. He has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Apollo with little Stevie Steve Ribeiro and our special guest on our Veterans Day special. Former Rams quarterback Mark Bolger. Mark, how you doing? Great. How are you guys? It's awesome to have you on, Mark. I'm, I'm sure Derek's told you, but you are one of my all-time favorite Rams, so I'm very excited. <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that- I know uh, some of your crew is veterans, so I appreciate all your service. So, um, well, just, yeah, uh, Steve basically grew up watching you play football, and so we want to make sure that uh, he had a chance to talk to you. And, and Steve, by the way, I sent him... 
I sent Mark a text before the interview, letting him know that you're going to fanboy out, and I'll try and keep you in line. <laughs> you know, now that, yeah, you're showing you're showing my age though. That's that's, that's not fun. <laughs> I'm getting older here. No, I know. Hey, look, now that the team's moved, you know, I might be one of the only like Rams fans that grew up with like the Mark Bulger, Stephen Jackson era Rams. You know, I, I remembered when they were good, and then watched them. You know at the end and then after you were gone, watch them be bad for a little bit. But I, I enjoyed every second of it, man. I appreciate it. All right. So before we really get in with more, this act, this, this whole podcast is um, really kind of getting Mark's perspective as a player on the current Rams and where they're going. And also maybe digging into some memories of when he was playing some playoff football himself and rivalry games and, so on and so forth. But before we get there, we do want to remind you that we are pretty much everywhere podcasts can be found, including on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all those places. And don't forget that iebeatradio.com airs our shows on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. So we're going to jump right into it. The quarterback to quarterback, Mark, what do you make of the strides that Jared Goff has made as a quarterback in his short com- career? No, it's amazing. Um, just the same thing that I saw. I, I think in the late 90s, you, you saw kind, kind of that change a little bit. You know, there was the mobile quarterback and everyone moving around, and they came back to the drop-back quarterback. And I think right now it's, you know, everything's the pistol or, or whatever. And I think it'll eventually go back. But, I mean, for what he's done and for what uh, Coach McVay, you know, everyone's been able to do with the Rams, I'm just happy for I hate to say our, but <laughs> for the Rams organization, um, I'm just happy that we're back on the winning track because the organization, it's so awesome. I, I can't be more proud to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, for, for Jared to be doing as well as he is, it, it's pretty cool. And, I mean, obviously we got Gurley and, and everyone else. So, Steve? Yeah. Yeah. Would you, um, so, obviously, Jared Goff has, you know, he's developed rather quickly, you know, you kind of came into the NFL, Mark, as kind of you know a six-round pick, a little untouted, and then kind of lit the world on fire your rookie year, went six and one. Jared was the opposite. You know, he came in with a lot of hype, didn't play well, but obviously he's be- he's become a great player now, and he's made strides every turn. You know, watching him, do you think there's any other improvements that you've seen that could be added to his game to kind of further develop him into the star quarterback he's becoming? No, I mean if he, the NFL. I think what the average fan doesn't realize how hard it is every week to win a game, and the fact that he's you know six seven and one. I mean it's it's unbelievable, and um, for him to be, you know, forget his stats, but just that record, that's all that matters, and that's all that matters in the locker room to to your teammates, um, and the way he handles himself. I I, I think that's you know really uh, speaks a lot of him. Because there's a lot of things he does during the week that people probably don't notice. But, you know, I know they lost to the Saints, but, you know, you're going to lose one. You're, you're not going to go 16-0. and 0. It's, it's simple as that. I mean, there's very few teams that could do that. The, the Patriots did it. And they obviously lost in the, the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. But, you know, from, from going to 1-15 and 3-13 and, and 13 to, to where we are now, well, I say we because I'm, I feel like I'm a Ram uh, to, to where we are now. You know, Jared has, I think he should get a lot of respect for that. Well, you are a Ram, though. And just because you're no longer playing, you're still a Ram. And, but there are, to me, a couple of similarities. You, Goff took over in a time when this Rams franchise was in flux. He had the expectations 
that, you know, to try and turn things around. You weren't that different. You were coming onto a team where all of a sudden Kurt Warner gets hurt, the team's in trouble, and you had pressure on you. This was a team that was just coming off a Super Bowl appearance. What, and we talked about this last time you and I had an interview about what it meant to play, especially under Mike Martin, what a tough coach he was. So what is it like to be thrust into that position as a young guy, learning the NFL, learning the speed of the game, and how did you end up making a good career for yourself? Well, I had no choice. <laughs> I'm from the inner city of Pittsburgh, and it was, you know, I had one option it was to get out of there and make, you know, X versus, you know, do I want to sit there and do nothing? Uh, it was simple as that. So my work ethic was more. I learned that from Kurt Warner. And I think, um, you know, it's the same with the coaching staff. I think it, it starts with that. I mean, if they ingrain that in your, your your head, it's the same as the military, same as anything. Mm-hmm. If you have the, the work ethic, you're going to beat anyone. Because at this level in the NFL, um, everyone's pretty much equal on an athletic standpoint. I mean, there's there's definitely outliers, you know, Antonio Browns and different kind of guys, but the rest of us are kind of equal. I was 203, 204 pounds. There's no way in the world I was going to out, you know, be more athletic than anyone, but I knew I could outwork them and I'd be tougher. And that's what I did. And, uh, you know, I think it comes from the coaching staff and that's why I think McVay, it's, un- it's unbelievable what he's been able to do. It's such a young age to get those guys. I think he, um, he resonates with, with the younger guys a lot more than some of these other coaches. Yeah, I think, you know, you could see it first when he stepped in to Jared Goff and Todd Gurley, who two one of the most talented quarterback running back combos in the league. That first year, Todd Gurley was kind of hit a sophomore slump due to the offensive system he was in. And then McVay obviously took over and things turned around. Now, you, you played with some pretty good running backs in your day, too, and Marshall Falk and Steven Jackson. I wanted to get your insight and just now how much pressure does that kind of take off you as a quarterback when you got one of those, you know, generational talents running behind you? Yeah, I was really lucky. I mean, when I came in, um, my first couple of starts, I had Marshall Falk. I, to this day, I still think he's the best player I've ever played with. Um, believe it, I mean, he was he was something else. Steven Jackson, we're <laughs> we're really good friends. I mean, he's the he's a freak. He's unbelievable. It's just uh, so I, I was lucky with that. But uh, when you have a guy in the backfield that understands the offense like a quarterback, he can. He covers your six, you know, he, he covers your back a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your receivers, they kind of run their routes. I love my receivers. I love my line. I love everyone. But when you have someone behind you that can cover, you know, a lot of your mistakes, it makes it, it's, it's a big importance. Now, watching this team play this year and then winning eight straight games, what stood to you the most about this Rams team in comparison with past teams? Uh, you know, I hate to speak for like the last six, seven years because I've been there. Um, but when I was there, it, it just seemed like, you know, it was kind of like, oh, here we go again. One of those attitudes. Mm-hmm. And these guys, I mean, even in, you know, New Orleans, it's just, hey, we're going to keep fighting. We're going. And I mean, crap, there's a chance at the end. So I don't think the game's over with these guys. And the fact that we, we got the offense and they believe in their coaching staff, 
that's that's everything. It, it all starts at the top, and so having a coaching staff that the players believe in is the most important thing in my mind. You know, and is a mid twenties, late twenties guy. I didn't understand that, but uh, <laughs> you know, I do now. And uh, I think this team believes in in, in their staff. And I think, you know, as frustrated as some of us Rams fans were with that loss, it, it really said a lot that they came back that what they were down at halftime to you know, even tie the game. We, we've seen a lot of Rams teams recently before McVeigh got here that you know, they, they would not have come out after halftime and played like that. And it, it was really telling to, to see them play like that. But obviously, you know, they, they've been winning. That's really all that matters. Obviously not last week, but they've had some mishaps and, one thing that was noticeably went wrong in the secondary was you know, Marcus Peters. He, he got a little torched by Michael Thomas, who's a really good player, and Peters took he took full responsibility. So I'm not trying to throw him under the bus here, but I'm curious as somebody who you know has game planned for opposing defenses and opposing secondaries, would you look at how the Rams secondary played, how Marcus Peters played in that game as something that you would want to you know try and focus on attacking in a matchup if you were on the other side? No, of course. I mean, that's what every team does. I mean, you sit there, I mean, not me, but the coaches, you, you sit there and you watch film. I mean, they're in their Mondays. They're in their Tuesday nights till two in the morning. It's, I mean, everyone asked me if I wanted to be a coach. I said, no, I don't want to be there till two in the morning on a Monday and Tuesday night. <laughs> they literally leave the game on a Sunday and go straight to, you know, the office, <clears throat> which is great. And that's why that what makes them great. But at the same time, you know, you can play two man, you can play, you know, cover three, cover eight, cover six, cover four. I can name every single coverage you want, but it comes down to players making plays. It's simple as that. If you have players, play cover one, which is one deep man to man. Otherwise, just play cover two. But then guess what? Nowadays, they're just going to run the ball. If you play cover two, they're going to run the ball. If you play cover one, they're going to throw the ball. And that's today's NFL that's today's college because the defensive backs aren't allowed to touch the receivers anymore and you're not allowed to touch the quarterback <laughs> it's simple as that yeah, it is getting up we've, we've got a lot of complaints this year about that new rule and I, I just I'm astounded at how much the game has changed just watching some old footage from the 70s and 80s compared to now and how much contact was allowed is just it's mind-blowing how different it really is yeah, well, you better include the '90s and 2000s when I was playing too. I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I'm no not... joke either. Then, well, I just remember. I mean, Go ahead. Go for it. I, mean, I remember the the, no, the Colts just... game on Monday night, and that hit you took going after the, after the ball. And I remember, I remember thinking, "Oh, oh. my gosh, is, is Mark still alive?" <laughs> Here's hit. a million hits. You know what? But I don't. I don't. You know, I I, I have. I love you know the guys now. I I think it's great for those guys. They're getting protected. So there's no reason to, you know, have any animosity towards them. It's just <laughs> the, the what if factor is a little, a little bit there, but you know, it is what it is. You know, we, we paid our dues, but at the same time, they got the social media to deal with. And so I, I'll take the hits over that. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely would have liked to see a little more, uh, you know, quarterback protecting roles when you were playing for sure. Cause you definitely took some hits back there in the pocket. Okay, so before we continue, yeah, they uh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to go ahead and, and talk about our sponsor, but you got something to say. You got to go. Got to say it. No, I'm just you know, as far as you know, you you run around and you 
Dante Culpepper's and Donovan McNabb's and you oh. know all those guys. Imagine the hits they took. I mean, nowadays, I went to West Virginia. Major Harris, he was so far ahead of his time. I mean, he'd, he'd be making you know X amount. Of, you know, nowadays it's just it's a different game. But you know, good for the guys now. Um, you know, Dan Marino, or John Montana. I mean, Joe Montana in his heyday was probably making, what, a million a year? Imagine what he would make nowadays. <laughs> so it is what it is. It's all relative. And you mentioned Major Harris. That's a, that is a blast from the past name right there. I mean, I remember watching him play, and, and he was so good. And you, you think if he played in today's age, he would have, he'd be a starter in the league and doing well? I, I just think he was way ahead of his time because he was, you know, 88, 87, 88 national mm-hmm. championship at West Virginia. I mean, that guy, he was something special. It's just he was just ahead of his time. I mean, there's different quarterbacks that you know, and I think it's going to change back to the the drop back because they're going to figure out this pistol thing. Like I said, same thing as your, you know, late nineties. But for now, it's great if you want to throw three yard passes and you get five thousand yards passing, go for it. But these defensive coordinators are going to figure it out. That's what so, they do. Yeah, the good ones will. <laughs> Okay, so folks, before we move on, and you can tell, right, we're, we're just talking football right now. That's what we <laughs> do with with, uh, with Mark on the line. Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams. Well, if you want to er, learn more about Rams history, the bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawks, Hollywood's team, Grit, Glamour, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. You check out his son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and the future Hall of Famers. Read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Crazy Lakes Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in the story spanning these 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available both in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. You can also find it at various other booksellers on the internet. Folks, I'm telling you, it's a great book. It's, a, it's very, very good. It has that personal touch. Check it out. Hollywood's team, Grit, Glamour, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well, well worth your time. Okay. So there has been more and more talk this year, Mark, about the these Rams and the greatest show on turf Rams. Offensively, who's better? What's your take? <laughs> no, I... I, I I think it's just, you know, it's apples and oranges there because we're, we're seven step drops and this is more of a, a quick game, but you know, it's, it's not taken away from one or given to another. So, you know, I, I think these guys are great. I'm a fan of both. How about that? I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> to take that bait. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think that's really bait. I, you know, you, you've been there, you've played the game and you're watching it. And yet you, you've mentioned a couple times that how it's changed. And so those of us who have been watching as well, we want that point of view. And I, we, we talked about last time, we know how intricate the Mike Marks offense was. And now we have this new guy, this quote unquote offensive genius in Sean McVay. And just to get your point of view, this isn't about throwing, throwing shade at anyone. Both these offenses are really good, but just to look at them and go, what, well, let's rephrase it. Instead of asking which one is better, what sets them apart? What makes them different? Yeah, I think, um, well, with Mike Martz, I know, I mean, every night I had to go home 
and draw 700 plays. It would take me about three three hours every night um, after a 10-hour day. And he would just make us, you know, our hots, our sights, our reads, everything, every night. And I think a lot of people in the NFL could have copied Mike Martz. And the reason he's not in the NFL right now, I'm convinced, is because people are jealous of him. And he's a little bit too, you know, combative. Because he's the best offensive mind in the NFL. That's just my opinion. Now, this offense, I, I don't know how it works with, you know, um, with McVay and, where, you know, this, the pistol and all that stuff. But I'm sure there's a ton of reads on the quarterback, too. So I, I, I'm sure there's a ton of reads that come off of every play. You know, you hand the ball or you, you run or you, you, you throw the flat or you throw the four. But we were more seven-step drops take the hit. I mean, Kurt Warner, he taught me. It was seven step drops throwing four routes, which is the 20 yard in or mm-hmm. five route with Isaac Bruce or Torrey Holt. I mean, it's just, it's just a different um, brand of offense. And I think they're both difficult, but um, I, Hey, if the Rams are winning, I don't care if it's LA or St. Louis, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely can agree with that. <laughs> Steve. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's crazy that we've been lucky enough to have these two great offenses. You kind of uh, forget of what the offenses we put out there under Jeff Fisher. But, you know, I, I wouldn't trade it. Being a Rams fan has definitely been interesting. Um, and I, I think we touched on this a little bit before, but I do want to ask again, you know, the Rams did really make a very impressive comeback this week, even though they kind of got down early. But, you know, Mark, you've obviously been, you came to the league and the team went to the Super Bowl your first year. You've been in the locker room with a team that, you know, had what it takes to get to the Super Bowl. I think you've also been around some teams that, you know, to be frank, probably didn't have what it takes near the end. But this team now, do you think that based on what you've seen, you know, they have what it takes to get to a Super Bowl? I do. Um, Yeah, when I first got to the Rams, my first four or five years there, I'm trying to make an analogy it was just um it was like a college atmosphere i mean you were uh, you know you guys were just buddies we would hang out together on and off the field you know my last four or five years it was clicky and i think this crew is more of the college you know hey we're one team and that's what you need you need to be as cliche and as corny as it sounds it's really cool when you have 53 guys that just want to hang together with each other. Like no matter how different you are, it, it goes together on the field. And it, it was just weird when I was there 2000, 2006. And then the last three years, how different the locker room was. And you can do that in baseball. I guarantee you in baseball and basketball and hockey and every sport, you need a close locker room. And uh, we had that. And I think, I, I do think they have it. And it'd be so cool to see the Rams back uh, back in the Super Bowl. No, and zero. I think, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, one of the benefits that we have with social media now is now we get to see, like, you can tell when the guys are actually presenting out with each other. Like, I'm sure some of our listeners saw Todd Gurley had a massive Halloween party last week, Gurley World. And uh, I saw. <laughs> From all the Rams I follow on Instagram, you know, I saw like probably maybe a dozen of them were just posting pictures from that party. I was like, all right, looks like they're all there. So it is, yeah, it is nice when everyone's hanging out with each other. No, they're all there. Try that in 2007, eight or nine in St. Louis. Nope. It was a different world. I'm like, holy cow, come on. Because it was, 
I swear it was almost like high school when we were rocking and rolling with the greatest show on turf. I mean, like Dre Bly and, you know, Tori Holt, Isaac Bruce, Land of Pace. I mean, we had all our guys. We were just a bunch of buddies. And we were like, we can't wait till Sunday to just put it on someone. And we knew we were going to do it. And Coach Martz would tell us we we're going to do it. And it was just, we, we not cocky. We were just so confident going into a building. Uh, it was It was so much fun. But then when you're on the other end of it, you know, in, you know, 2008, 2009, you know you're walking into a building and no one's together and the team's separated. It's a different feeling. And that's where you have no chance, you know? That 2009 team, especially, I I remember that year, uh, you know, Spagnuolo's first year, and I'm thinking, okay, hey, he looks like a you know, decent guy. He can make some moves here, and the team did play harder on the field. But what was wrong? I mean, you're, you're talking about the clicks, and you're talking about how what happened to the culture there where it broke down from that high school atmosphere to what it ended up being your last few years there. No, well, Coach Spagnola, I, I, you know, he's a great guy. I mean, it's just, it was a different atmosphere from like what I came from with, mm-hmm. with the Rams. It was more offense, and then it changed defense a little bit. Um, you know, it was his first head coaching gig and that whole thing. But, you know, obviously, you know, we had our ownership, Georgia. She was awesome. And she passed. And then, you know, they had a, sell the team and there, I don't, I don't know, there's tax issues and everything. So we were kind of behind the eight ball a little bit, I think with spending money, um, a little bit. Uh, so we'll leave it at that. But, uh, I think we're back on the right track now as an organization. And, you know, we, we have the willingness to win again. And Again, I'm I'm a Ram for life. I know I played in Baltimore for one year. <laughs> I got to win a little bit more again, but uh, I'm definitely a Ram. I mean, 10 years, I, I love the organization. So, Mark, you're definitely a Ram, man. Joe Namath played for the Rams, and we definitely let the Jets have him, all right? We're not trying to claim him. You know, I'm sure the Ravens know hey, he, that, he, that he, you're one of us. He's from Pittsburgh, and I'm a Pittsburgh guy, too, so there we go. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> you're, you're trying to find the right words for that. <laughs> yeah. um, just one quick follow-up. And Steve has some questions too. Just one quick follow-up on that. Uh, you do realize that you know the name Georgia, though, for many of the LA fans, is is this bad word. Uh, but you knew her as a different person. Obviously, you, you just have some. You know, what can you say about her that most LA fans wouldn't know? Oh Jesus! I didn't know that. Sorry. <laughs> I yeah, they called her some very mean names. So I apologize. <laughs> I apologize to any uh, LA Ram fan. Sorry. No, I honestly, I, she wasn't around much. Let's just say that. But you know, I mean, we were taken care of um, in St. Louis at least. And you know, I know she wanted to win in. You know, <laughs> I do not want to keep digging, so I'm going to leave it at that. How about that? <laughs> no, I'm sure the fans in LA understand that you uh, don't let me do it. <laughs> you were in a different era, so you know, look, you, you, you had when 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 the the wounds that were created between Georgia and the LA fans was was ninety ninety one ninety two ninety three ninety four. You, you you don't okay. you were you know you were just you were 
I was like, that. I was like two years old, even though I'm 42. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you weren't. I mean, right, that wasn't your you cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't your cup of tea. <laughs> but you no, know, you, no, you no, played no. later on. You knew her as a different lady, and, and people change. And you knew her as a different lady come nine, you know, 2003, 2004, and so on. So I don't think anybody can blame you for having good feelings or thoughts about her. You yeah, no, honestly, she. I mean, she would come into town and she, she treated us great. But you know, I have no clue what happened there, and I. It's the same as Cleveland, you know. Mm-hmm. With they, they went to Baltimore and that whole thing. It's, and now St. Louis hates the Rams. You know, it. It is. I'm just saying it changed a little bit once she passed. The, the team, as far as um, I don't know. Just in my opinion. Well, wanting if, to win was a little bit different. If it makes you feel better, honestly, there are still, and I, this is really cool, there are a lot of, of St. Louis fans that are still Rams fans. And that's been that's really awesome. neat I mean, that they there's, stuck there's, with them. It's a great city. I met my wife there. My kids are both born there. I, was, I lived there for 14 years. I love the city. I mean, they're freaking great fans, but, you know, I... <laughs> I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I can't dig this hole any deeper. I'm not digging. Yes, would you, would you stop? <laughs> Steve, throw up a question. Yeah. I mean, Mark, I could sit here and ask you questions about like the 07, 09 years all day, but we'll, we'll move on. Uh, this week, you know, we got a division yeah, right. Stay in 07, 09. That was, it was great years for me. It was, it was fun. <laughs> 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 well, you know, I, I think it's an interesting topic. You know, obviously you, you had your, uh, some great years, but uh, it's just, you know, hearing from people who were in great situations and then them to go south, you know, as quickly as it did with the Rams. And obviously, you know, you weren't to blame for that. It's, oh, dear it's gosh, just, Steve, just move on, man. Just move on. on. <laughs> we're playing Seattle this week, a team who you won a playoff game against. Um, our last yeah. playoff win, actually. But so, you know, what can you tell us about the Seattle rivalry? You know, you came in, I I believe your first year, they, I don't even think they were in the division, right? They came in while you were there though. When the, when, the, when Cleveland yeah, and, when and Houston started. came in. Yeah. Okay. But well, we were yes. in um, Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina. That was our division. It was the old division. That's how old I am. You're showing my age again. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm pretty young, and I actually remember um, when the Saints were in d- our division. So that makes me feel like I've yeah. been around been around a little while. Even that was a big rivalry because Hazlitt and March hated each other. Yep. Yeah, I remember that because I feel like one of my first year really like remembering the Rams. We I think we lost in the Saints in the playoffs that year. So I was like, that's a team I know I got to yep. grow up hating. And then they switched divisions. Yeah, 2000. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> But yep, what, what, that's who drafted me and cut me. Yeah, uh, hey, was, we were, I wasn't trying to make you relive that memory though. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> okay. Out. He's, he's, he's another Pittsburgh guy. Don't trust me. I, I don't hold a grudge, but yeah, yeah. Him and McCarthy, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> <laughs> so get into it, and you know, but these these rivalry games this this weekend it means a lot for both the Rams and and the Seahawks. The Rams are. You know they they just suffered this big loss to the Saints and they want to keep that home home uh, field edge and then here you come back and Seattle is 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 playing for their playoff lives at this point and so and so it's a visual game so what can you tell us about those games and did you prepare for them differently did they have a special significance to you no but I will tell you <clears throat> playing in Seattle is difficult um, 
super difficult. That year, actually, we won the playoff game. That was our third. We won against Seattle three times that year, home, away, and then in the playoffs. And that place is insane to play. But that that team's always been tough to play. Um, you know, that stadium, you know, I haven't been to the Coliseum yet, but uh, it's it's turned into the bigger rivalry because it used to be the Saints and us. And I think and now it's it's pretty much the Rams. It used to be Rams-San Fran, then it turned to rams Saints. Now I think it's Rams Seahawks. So you know, if you if, if you can beat the Seahawks, and then uh, you know, what, what do we get? A, a, a two game advantage if we if we win this one? It'll be well. It'll be they'll be if the Rams win, they'll be nine. It won't be a five game advantage. Well, four and a half, four and a half. Oh, yeah, it'll be five because you get both divisional wins. I'm so, I'm so used to maybe one. Holy cow. Five. Okay. So let's just win this week and then we're good. <laughs> yeah. They're just in different places and, not, and Seattle plays them that. tough. <laughs> no, yeah, they I don't know what happened to them. They uh I mean they what they get rid of all their defensive guys or whatever, so I they, don't did. Know. they did. They did. And they are they had to rebuild their offensive line. They're a running team now. And that's what we want to get they I guess all of us, we grew up watching the NFL. There's always that rivalry you can count on. That no matter what, your team is going to play that rival hard. And I think it's what the Rams and Seahawks is. So that's really what I, want, what I want to get from you is this. What is it like when you're playing those rival games and how does it feel? How did it, did, how did it affect you mentally when you, knowing you have to go out there and take it to these guys because they're coming after you? Yeah, honestly, I, I think for, for me, because I'm, you know, an older guy, it was more San Fran for us because mm-hmm. we're the old, literally, you know, L.A. Rams, San Fran. That was the, the rivalry. Um, and going to Seattle, it definitely was a rivalry, but it wasn't the same. But it became that. And then uh, it, it just wasn't the same because Coach Martz ingrained into us that Sam Fran was our, our rival. I think that's because the era he grew up in and what he coached in. For me, it, it was more Seattle. But, you know, the, I mean, I hate to say kids because I have kids now, but I really don't think it's a, it makes any difference to, you know, a 20-year-old, 21, 22, 23-year-old kid about Seattle versus L.A. I mean, every week is the same preparation. And when you get on the field, it's not that you care less. Because if you don't care, you're going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, people, people always say, oh, well, they care more this week. So they, you know, they're probably going to, you know, they might win. I'm like, no, you don't understand. If you don't care, you're going to get hurt. Like these guys, everyone says the league's getting soft. And it has gotten a little bit softer, but it's violent. I just want to, you know, go down to the sideline for a game and, and just be there for five minutes. You will not want to be on that football field, I promise you. <laughs> I can barely walk tonight because my back, I got seven broken bones on my back. I've had 33 broken, broken bones in my body. Like, it's just, it's a violent game. And it has nothing to do with rivalry. Every week, I, I guarantee you, 95% of the guys are trying their hardest. It's just some guys are better and some, you know, it's, it is what it is. 
Yeah, Mark, we, we just mentioned this a little earlier that you did quarterback the Rams to their last playoff win. And hopefully, I think we can all agree that that's something that changes soon. But, you know, take us back to that game against Seattle, who, and I was thinking of this when you mentioned it, I think you guys will probably be the only team in NFL history to w- beat a team three times and beat them in the playoffs and have them be a third of their wins for the entire season, uh, which is crazy. But take us through that game. Like, how was winning that playoff game as a starter like? And what was that experience like for you? Uh, as I say, it, you know, there's no robberies. But, you know, going to Seattle, I mean, that stadium is insane. Um, it was funny, like a couple weeks before that, maybe three or four weeks before that, we won an overtime, you know, and, you know, through a pass, we got a touchdown, but to go there for a playoff game. And then I think Cam Cleveland, he played New Orleans with me, um, briefly cause I was cut after six weeks in training camp, but you know, I wasn't even supposed to throw it to him. And, um, there was a guy going up the sideline and I just looked tight end and I tried to look off the safety and threw it to Cam and he caught it. And it was pretty cool, you know, to, to win a playoff game there. And, uh, you know, at the time I probably didn't appreciate it as much. Cause I know we went to Atlanta the next week and got our, our butts kicked a little bit, but to win a playoff game in Seattle, but the thing is we were coming off two years before being in the Super Bowl, So, our expectations were a little bit higher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, okay, we want a playoff game, no big deal. So I wasn't that excited, you know, and I had Kurt Warner, you know, NFL MVP and Marshall Falk, you know, NFL MVP, you know, and Torrey Holt, Orlando Pace. So at the time, I really didn't probably appreciate how big of a win it was, but since it hasn't happened since, you know, and I, I, you know, to this day, I, I think that uh, it's going to happen this year. I, th- I think we, we got some good stuff going on. Yeah, I'd hope so. And I think, you know, we mentioned all the rivalry stuff. This is probably the game you could point to to when this rivalry actually started to begin. You know, this and probably what I refer to as the clipboard Jesus game in 2010 <laughs> are, are probably the two, the two big points of this rivalry kind of blossoming. Yeah, uh, the, the one that bugs me is the, um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but the Carolina when you know, we double overtime and we, we lose double overtime at home. It's, we had so many chances to win that game. And that was, I, I honestly think that was our best Rams team. I think it was three or four. We won thir- or 13 and three, I, I believe. And uh, Steve Smith. In double overtime, took a touchdown down. But we we should have went right to the Super Bowl. We we blew that opportunity. But you know that's why I'm hoping this this year's team. And and I honestly think with you know with Gurley, holy cow, <laughs> this kid is something else. I have my memory of that game. It, I just being I remember being shell shocked. I had, I had rushed home that day. I that's when I was stay. I was actually stationed um, in. DC at the time. I actually was working in the Pentagon and I had just gotten home and I, I rushed, grabbed a shower, got the couch, had the food out and I'm watching that game. It's a great game. And I'm so excited. I'm, th- I, I'm thinking this team, there's no, this team is too good. There's no way they're losing this game. And double yeah. overtime, I'm just shell shocked. And I, I just kept thinking that I'm not, I was so stunned by it. That I, I kept like, 
looking back at the TV going, I didn't just see that. I didn't just see that. No, yeah. I did not. That that didn't happen. And I don't, I didn't, I thought, okay, they'll be back next year. This is too talented a team. They'll be back next year. And it didn't happen. They got back to the playoffs, but then everything went straight to, <laughs> to the pit of yeah. you know where. And, uh, but we got a little older. That's, that's all it was. You know, I mean, you, you know, nowadays it's amazing. Nowadays, it's like a 44 or 45 yard goal is a chip shot. <laughs> yeah. We had that in overtime. It's just, it is what it is because now they can use their own balls and whatever. But not that I relive it in my head every night. <laughs> No, <laughs> you know, you know, Jake alone. They did a great job, but we, yeah, you know, I, I have a feeling we were a better team, but we just we blew it. It's simple as that. So, but you know, not trying to treasure those memories on one one side of it, though. You you guys did give us that last division title that we, you know, every time we go back to trivia, that that last title was two thousand three. Now that memory is always that was a good football team, and. You know that you that is still a good memory. Didn't end the way we want to end, but it's still a heck of a memory. Especially, I mean, especially for Steve, he was like maybe three years old then, maybe two. <laughs> I was a little. I was like ten, but I can tell you my memory of that game was that my brother was a Cowboys fan, and I made fun of him the whole week for losing to the Panthers. And then uh, it did not go too well for me after that loss. But yeah, man, I mean, that was a fun team. It was nice. You know, we kind of thought the greatest Sean Turf might have, you know, I'm sure some people wrote them off after the 79 year. And then, you know, to come back with you at the helm, I mean, that, it was a crazy year. You guys are killing me with my age here. Oh, my gosh. Like 10 <laughs> hey. years old watching me play football in the NFL. Come on. You guys, come on. <laughs> I don't even want to tell you how so old now. Mark, I'm turning 40 tomorrow, man. <laughs> I'm turning tomorrow's my birthday. Yeah, I'm well, 40 tomorrow. This is, you know, you're talking about oh, your God. age, and I'm thinking, dear gosh, you're reminding me of every minute now that in just a couple more hours, my 30s are over. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, good. Thank you. you, you no, welcome to the club. <laughs> okay, so we're almost done. Steve is going to give a shout out to the Golden Ram Barber Shop. And we do want to talk, you know, this is our veterans special. We haven't barely talked about it yet, but there's a lot of things we want to talk about our veterans. Veterans Day is Monday. And, um, we have several people on our staff who are veterans and have or have family members who serve in war. And it's really important that what Mark does. So Steve, please give that shout out to Golden Ram Barbershop, please. Of course. We'll give a shout out to our sponsor, Sal, over at the Golden Ram Barbershop. Guys, if you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and you like that classic old school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop on 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. Sal Marquina has opened up his shop as a shrine of the Rams on the day the team left for St. Louis and has kept the lights on ever since. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS. Again, 714-894-7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows who sent you and you'll get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturday from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to Sal's shop is worth it, not only just to enjoy all the great Rams memorabilia, but Sal also provides you that old-school barbershop experience, and he'll talk Rams football with you and anything else. Trust me, guys, you won't regret hitting up the Golden Ram. Sal even managed to make Derek look good. Miracles never cease, man. Miracles never cease. I promise. Okay, so 
Mark, we, we talked a little bit in the last couple of weeks about the your foundation, Mark Bolger Foundation, and you're relaunching soon. And the last time we talked, you you were, you were thinking August, September, now you're thinking after New Year. What's going on? And and uh, tell people what your real mission is. Just remind folks of where what it is. Okay, so yeah, probably January 19, we're gonna relaunch because I've self funded for 12 years, and I've worked with quads, triples, doubles, you know, TBI, PTSD, uh, honor flights, uh, service dogs. Everything, you know, I don't, just the Mark Bolger foundation.com. And that's not looking for a donation. That's just saying, Hey, I want awareness because it's my passion. And so all I want to say is if you ever see a vet or a first responder, you know, police officer, firefighter, just go say, thank you. That's all they want. They don't want money. They just want to thank you. So if, if my only favor you know to them if you could just say thank you to them that's all i want no money eventually we'll have you know outings and all that stuff but that's all you guys want we get it so that's that yeah i I gotta the um i'm not trying to get political here i'm not i won't be be that way at all i know when you mentioned being thanked it matters to me I, i just the whole Saturday Night Live thing with Pete Davidson and, and the kind of poking at the whole injury from the new from the, that Republican candidate Dan Crenshaw. You can really get political me. if you want. That it's that, well, that bothers me too. We know <laughs> we're not trying to, to uh, offend. <laughs> you don't have the to worry about it. Here. We, with, you know, we probably have a, <laughs> a half and half audience, and so this isn't about political. It's just uh-huh. the fact what's right and wrong, and you know we make jokes like that, and, and we just see such a, a change in the yep. attitude towards our military folks these days. It's like. You know, I, um, I was a I was a teenager. You know, I was a teenager who yep. wanted to serve. Most so many people in my family had served, had gone to Vietnam. My grandfather was a World War II vet, and just so many people like that in my family. And really, I was looking for a way to just grow. And in the process, I became a September 11th veteran, a 9/11 veteran. I did two deployments in the Persian yep. Gulf, and and um, the, today it's just. I, you know, it's it's hard to fathom. I don't think people really realize the sacrifice our mm-hmm. veterans make. But I mean, I even the sacrifices no. I made don't measure up to the folks who actually were on the ground in Iraq. I was a support guy. I was a guy in the background doing communication stuff, and I know that matters. It's important, but you know, my life was barely ever at risk compared to these guys. And and, and Norm's work, no, Norm's 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 life was at risk as a Marine sniper. Of course, it's, it, it's all you guys. It's important. And I appreciate your service. I, I have a buddy, Corporal uh, Todd Isley. So there's only four or five, I believe it's five now, uh, quadruple amputees. He, you know, he would he wouldn't mind me saying he got blown up in Afghanistan. No arms, no legs, no. And I'm sitting there, you know, in St. Louis, and I sit there and have a beer with him. And then his family's over my house, has a party at my house, but like. And it's it's good and bad. It's a curse and it's a blessing that he's alive because of how far we come with technology and tourniquets and, you know, the medical, everything, you know. But to have no arms and no legs, one day, you know, and then for people not to appreciate it, it's just, I don't know. 
it's different for me. I don't know. I just, I just work with them too much, and I just said I don't have tolerance for people who don't appreciate our military or respect our flag because I know it means something to them, and I know it'll play. You know, I can piss some people off, but that's that's just me, and I speak the oh, I speak to my heart. Let's just say that. Well, it was it was touching though. After all, the whole the whole flag controversy to see the NFL bringing out the the, the, the salute to service stuff and and having the special um, jerseys and, and shirts and and so on and so forth made for the occasion and putting the on the field where they are actually taking time at this time of year to salute the service. It's a I think it's a really important gesture. I know it matters to me. I'm not sure I like the fashion sense, quite frankly. I'm <laughs> but <laughs> I kind of dig the fashion of it. You do. You do. Yeah, I but think they look good. It is nice to see, you know, the NFL moving away from the controversies around the flag and, and trying to do the right thing and, and getting um, saluting the service folks. And, and that's something the NFL used to always be known for. You know, I remember the, the first Persian Gulf War. Mark, do you remember this? When Whitney yeah. Houston at, at Super Bowl 25? Oh. And there's the patriotism there. I and remember so on and so she was forth. crying. That was awesome. I mean, it was, was oh, it was, it was amazing. And, it's, and to me, it's still the best ever Super Bowl rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. Just the patriotism of that war of of of, a, of our, just supporting our people, and um, I think in the midst of all the politics we have, and so we're so divided. The one thing we need to get back to is the one thing that always unites us has been sports. And no, I, I agree with that. It has nothing to do with politics. It's just you know, I mean, <clears throat> you can tell a guy to wear his socks to his knees, mm-hmm. or you'll get fined like three grand. But if you can wear socks that insult police officers to their knees, you don't get fined. I, I don't get that. That that kind of bugs me. The NFL, it's kind of a double standard, if you ask me. And, and um, I mean, it's I, I th- you're not alone. You're not alone. Now, I know I'm I'm, I'm not trying to get political either. I'm just I'm just <laughs> saying it's a, it's a double standard. <laughs> I mean, they can go one way. We come back the other, and yet we're we're the political ones, and they're not. Come on, bugs me. So you, uh, with the foundation relaunching here, you you. Uh, well, sorry, we couldn't get him on. You had another buddy too that we were going to want to talk to. And what is what is he doing to help uh, with veterans as well, Rick? Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, Colonel Gatson. Yeah, he he lost both his legs in Afghanistan. Um, he's a double amputee. I just bought him a service dog. His service dog for the last eleven years just passed, unfortunately, mm-hmm. and so I got him one. It, it takes a long long time to train him. We presented that to him here in Nashville. Um, but he uh, he's a great guy. He obviously is doing a lot of work and. You know, I don't, <laughs> I don't want to bug him too much, but he, uh, you know, to, to, to lose both your legs, I mean, it's way above his knee. It's up by his femur. So it's, uh, it's amazing the sacrifice, you know, people make and, um, you know, I just try to give back because I, I didn't serve and mm-hmm. I just try to serve in any way I can because we all have to. And I know you, you did. Okay, let me ask this question. Um, it's very, I mean, you're, you're 42. 
you you had a, a a good career what what got you focused on helping veterans what was the, the that moment in your life where that became a passion for you i mean I, i'm sure it's like most people i mean 2000 you know september 11th um but i did have a grandfather he used to walk it's old school this is how old i am used to walk the beat in pittsburgh city cop 35 years mm-hmm. and this is back when cops you know, walked around the city and cause I grew up in the city and they talked to people, but I mean, <clears throat> I just figured I had to serve somehow and I just knew I could help more because I had a talent in football and I rebuilt the USO in St. Louis. <clears throat> they named it the number one USO in the whole world. I'm proud of that. I self-funded that and you know, I'm not the one over there risking my butt, getting blown up, you know, losing my legs or my arm or my thumb. I'm I'm the one playing football, so I had to do something. And so that's, uh, I just felt I had a duty to this country. And again, that's why, to me at least, you know, <laughs> not to offend anyone, the flag's important to me. Uh, Steve, you were a young buck. Yeah, you, you're the young buck. I mean, I think you're what still in your preteens, right? Okay, <laughs> I turned 25 next month. <laughs> you know, you're, you are the youngest one on this show here. You know, what is it? You know, you, and also you're from a different region of the air of, of the country than than where both Mark and I are from. What, what was your, your culture in terms of veterans growing up, and, and how do you feel about you know how do you reflect on it going on this this day coming up Veterans Day? Yeah, well, you know, my um. My grandpa was in the Navy, I believe. He still wears his hat with whatever, with um, the boat he was on. I think it was the USS Purdy. Yep. He, uh, he's, I think he's the one that actually organizes his boat reunions. You know, he's still always into that. So, you know, obviously, I, you know, everyone has to respect their service. You know, these are the people, you know, we talk about, you know, the, the flag stuff, whatever. You got to respect the people that are, you know, giving you the right to, to you know, talk about the issue on both sides of it. And I think everyone should do that. And I think, you know, election day yesterday, we saw some veterans get elected on both sides of the aisle. And, you know, honestly, what I hope with the whole you know, issue of protecting veterans is that it stops becoming an issue because it, you know, that should be something that should be a priority of everyone. I think. I hope. <laughs> I think we all agree with that. Yeah. yeah I, mean, but, I hope. <laughs> and Mark, you know, obviously what you're doing with your foundation is, you know, it's super admirable, and, and I really respect everything, and I, I hope it continues to help out people that deserve the help. So, Mark, you you and I have actually been in communication, and uh, I, I do want to keep in touch. I want any, in anything we can do here at Rams Talk to help support you and help uh, to really make it get exposure out to help more veterans is what we would obviously love to do. We have several Rams former Rams who have been veterans and or and part of the Rams family who have been veterans and so on and so forth. So it's a really big deal to us if you would allow us the, the, the privilege to partner with you in some kind of way, anytime you need to help you out. It would mean a lot to us. That is awesome. You guys, and I, uh, I, I've included now um, children with life-threatening illnesses now because mm-hmm. I've worked on uh, – um, project the last three years it's, it's amazing these kids because the veterans and the first responders i mean everyone signs up for that as we know 
Mm-hmm. And these kids that are five, six, seven, going through chemo, they didn't sign up for it. And the funny thing is, they're the freaking most courageous kids ever. Like it, it's unbelievable. Like they don't care. So like they don't know any different. So I've actually my foundation has expanded to that a little bit. So I work with Children's Miracle Network a little bit too, just for you know self disclosure. Like that I might start helping them out too. And I have, but these kids, oh my god! <clears throat> but trust me, my vets, <clears throat> my Marines, my Army guys, my Air Force, my Coast Guard, firefighters, please. I'm not going away. I'm going to keep bugging you. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. So we're, we are getting towards the end of the show here, and we've got a couple of things we want to say. Well, first, thank you to Mark for coming on. We just appreciate you taking the time. You know, you have a family at home, and you have, you're a busy man. And so thank you so much for coming on and talking about your career, talking about the Rams, talk, bringing, dredging up some horrible memories. <laughs> and um, yeah. it was a, it was a good hey, sense hey, of humor. Politics. Let's, let's, okay, let's, let's talk to the next election. <laughs> oh, gosh. Doing here? Hey, Mark, <laughs> I, uh, I do got to ask you kind of a silly question here real quick. Uh, my girlfriend, who I've been dating for a while. Give me she, silly, please. <laughs> my girlfriend is a West Virginia <laughs> alumni, actually. And I went to a basketball oh, school, Lord. so go Mountaineers. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, I asked her if, she had a question for you, and as any young alumni would ask, uh, she would like to know what your favorite bar is at in Morgantown. And I will let you know personally, I'm a fat daddy's guy. Uh, backdoor. <laughs> backdoor. Okay, I'll let her know. I'm, I'm familiar with backdoor. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's of all used to be by the dungeon, yeah. It's backdoor, yeah. No, she'll know where it is. It's right below uh, the pizza place. I forget the what it's called, but yeah, backdoor. Yeah. I know of backdoor. I know of backdoor. Yep. It sounds so inappropriate. 100%. Anyways. I was there once or twice. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I mean, not that way. It's called the back door. It's, you go down these steps, it's, it's a dive bar. I used to have 20 bucks a month to live off of. So. <laughs> That's Fair wrong with go. the back door. <laughs> okay. So now that, now that Steve I had to get his God, one. Uh, that, that. <laughs> what a question. Steve had to get his fanboy question. All right, so folks, listen. Hey, we need sponsors as well. So if you if you if you like what we do, if you like the job we put out there, if you like the the efforts we make to reach out to players, to cover this team, to provide nice podcasts, we have the Reefer Podcast now. Reach out to us, please, at RamsTalk1945 at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at six five seven six 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 five four five three. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. They'll show you how our numbers are working. Uh, we could really use some sponsors to help keep the lights on here. And, and right now, I can I'll be honest and say sometimes those lights are pretty dim. So if you are interested in giving and sponsoring us, again, ramstalk1945 at gmail.com. Or, again, leave us a, a voicemail at 657-666-5453. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash RamsTalk. We also have the, the group, RamsTalk Room. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo. You can find Steve at Steve Ribeiro. And we cannot forget about Mark at Mark Bolger 10. Give him a follow. I mean, Mark, are you really ever on there? <laughs> I, <guess. laughs> I think you've been more, you've, you've been no, more I, active of late. Haven't you? No, I, I didn't have on Twitter or any of the stuff until like the last six months. So uh, I'm on now. So cause I just want to, you know, like I said, help the vets and I finally got with it. 
I so, gotta, I gotta get going with social media. So there you go. So give him a follow, uh, reach out to, you know, he's, he's a good follow. We, we, we do follow him and uh, he is a pretty good follow. Don't forget us on iTunes. Uh, we could really use a five-star review to subscribe. It really helps us move up the charts. It also helps us, you know, branch out, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those places. We are there. Check us out. For Steve Ribeiro, for Mark Bolger, this is Derek C. Apollo. Hey, Veterans Day, happy Veterans Day to all of the veterans out there. Thank you so much for serving. Thank you for, for those who came before me. Thank you for setting the example for me, for those I served with. Thank you for being those comrades in arms. And for those who came after me, thank you for taking up the challenge. It means the world to me. Again, for the entire Rams Talk team, happy Veterans Day. Santa's dropping off way more than you expected this year. Thanks to Xfinity, the whole family can enjoy great coverage and fast, reliable internet speed up to gig, all at a great value. Go online, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Actual speeds vary, not guaranteed. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods, like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.